0: if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. Hey, did you know that the pre Playbook Guide to the MCAT is now available on Amazon? At least the Kindle version is. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this or or soon after, the paperback version is out too. Go to mcatbook.com and find out how to buy the pre mid Playbook Guide to the MCAT. This is the book to help guide you through the ins and outs of the MCAT. This is not a content book. This is a book to let you know how to register, when to register, how to form a study group, what the best materials are to study, and so much more. So go to MCATbook.com, buy the Kindle book. It's only $4.99. If you wanna buy it just to support me here at the medical school headquarters, then I would love you to do that too. If you've purchased the book in the past, and want to leave a review, I would love that as well. Again, that's MCATbook.com. This is the MCAT Podcast, session number 92. A collaboration between the Medical School Headquarters and Blueprint MCAT, the MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com MCAT. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, author of the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT co-author of that book, author of the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview and Guide to the Medical School Personal Statement as well. All those books you can buy or pre-order on Amazon right now. Or Barnes and Noble, except the MCAT book, but not to confuse you. All right, let's dive into today's episode where we're going to talk about something that came out about a month ago and got pre meds in a big tizzy because the MSAR released their updated stats and it showed a big jump in average MCAT scores for matriculants and for applicants. So, Brian, we're going to take a break from physics. That was a, a rough four weeks of. Physics, and I want to talk about something that was brought to my attention recently. And the data has been out there since, I think, November of 2017, but the average MCAT score for applicants and matriculants has gone up pretty significantly from 2016-17 application year to the last year that they have the data 2017-18 and 18 application year. Now, this is for, for you listening along if you want to... Pull over by the side of the road, or if you're at your desk right now, just Google MCAT or not MCAT, double AMC MCAT table A16, and you'll hopefully find this. And the, the chart that I'm looking at shows the total MCAT score, the average, the mean MCAT score is 501.8 for 2016 17 for all applicants. For 2017 18, that score increased 2.9 points to 504.7, with the standard deviation being basically the same. How does that happen in, in a one year time span? How does the score go up almost three points?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question, Ryan. And, and similarly with matriculants, right? That same ta- table A 16, um, if you're look, following along, the matriculant score. Uh, went from 508.7 to 510.4. Yeah. So it went up about a point and a half. Still pretty significant in a single year when you're talking about tens of thousands of data points. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big swing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so we have to ask ourselves, does that actually reflect an underlying improvement? Did the entire universe of pre-meds, 50,000 pre-meds, suddenly get seven, pre- you know, or, uh, excuse me, some chunk of percentile points smarter, right that's one possibility. the mm-hmm. students changed yeah uh, the se- the second is the um the thing you were measuring with changed right the MCAT radically changed in one year mm-hmm. um, or the third possibility is statistical artifact, right. And so, I, I mean, of course, Ryan, we don't know, but I think we can make some educated guesses. When you first saw this data, what, what did you think was going on?
0: The thing that popped into my mind was, man, the MCAT podcast is really helping students.
1: <laughs> there you go. Everybody's listening to us and getting real smart at this test. Yes. Real savvy.
0: Yeah, so that, that was my first thought. And then my ego moved aside. And, and I said, this, the the, the 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 easiest answer for me is that they AMC must be changing the scale somehow. They're, mm-hmm. they're changing uh, something with their scaling. Maybe there were passages that they realized afterwards they needed to throw out, and so they, they increased some scores, and that the 2018-19 data will come back down once they figure out those passages or whatever happened in this testing time period.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's it's possible there are slight changes, slight little tweaks in um, the the percentiles. You know, the scales from year to year. So if if an average score in one year is a five hundred point one, in the next year it might be a five hundred point eight. Even that would be a pretty big swing. Yeah. Um, there, there are these tiny little swings in in percentiles. Um, but r- more realistically, I think it's just a st- statistical artifact. Um, and in fact, the AMC calls this out at the bottom of the, uh, table A16 on the second page. You want to make sure you're, you're looking at this carefully, where they explicitly say the 2016 and 17 scores are not comparable to previous years. The 2017 scores are not comparable to the 2016 uh, scores. And then they call out the fact that people took the old MCAT. So uh, what I sus- when I first saw this, I actually thought statistical artifact, Right. There's no way a standardized test changes that much from year to year. Mm-hmm. Um, because, Ryan, remember that MCAT scores are generally good for about three years. Yep. So if you managed to take the old MCAT in 2015, January 2015, the last time you, you could take it, mm-hmm. if you did good, right, if you had a good score, you for sure were not going to retake the exam. Yep. Right. You weren't going to take this new, hard, crazy test. So for the first couple of years, what admissions committees were looking at was um, applicants with old MCAT scores that were really good. Right. Because they, they took the old MCAT. They did great. They held on to it and applied with it. Meaning that, you know, if you're going to co- construct an incoming class, And you want the average score for your incoming class to be about 510, give or take, then you're going to be taking the, you know, on the old scale, the 35s, the 34s, the 37s, you're taking all the top end of the old scale which means you're being a little more forgiving on the new test, Mm -hmm. right? On the new test, you're taking some 500s, some 501s, some 502s. But now, as of 2017, this new application cycle, we've basically entirely transitioned over, right? The 2014s are no good anymore. And I, I have to confess, I feel really vindicated because I called it back in, I think, even 2013, when they first published, you know, how this new thing was going to be scaled, you know, what all the data was. You know, I looked at the data and said, "All right, here it is everybody. 510 is the new 30." I published this huge blog post early in 2014 where I said, "510 is the new 30." Uh, for those listeners who don't know, 30 on the old scale was the number everybody wanted. Yep. They wanted to get to a 30 to get into med school. And I and I was absolutely certain that 5.10 was the new 30. Uh, And boy, did I get shouted down. People told me, Brian, there's no way you can know that. You just made stuff up. (laughs) And then when the data started coming in, they were like, see, you're wrong. Ha ha. It was a 5.07, not a 5.10. But hey, look, we finished the transition now. And darned if I wasn't right. 5.10.4. That's the new 30. There you go.
0: But if you're... When you mention the statistical anomaly or whatever you said it is, what what do you mean by that?
1: Uh, okay, so again, you're accepting an incoming class, and you're going to take some kids with high MCAT scores, you know, ninetieth percentile. Uh, you're going to take some kids with average MCAT scores, which for a matriculant is like eightieth percentile, mm-hmm. and you're going to take some kids with with Um, weak MCAT scores, 70th percentile, right? You figure that's the typical behavior of of an admissions committee. I'm taking 90th percentile kids. I'm taking a big chunk of 80th percentile kids, and I'm taking some 70th percentile kids. During the two transition years, your 90th percentile kids were overwhelmingly kids who had good old Old MCAT MCAT scores. Okay. So that right. meant when you took your 70s, when you took your low end of your incoming class, you were taking more new MCAT scores out of the 70s. Okay.
0: So not and, some sort of funky statistics anomaly, but an actual um, just because of the behavior of the students and the, the MCAT cycle, there, there's just some, some weird data. And so now okay. potentially this 2017-18 data is the data that will likely potentially be what we'll see from here on out.
1: Yeah, that that is absolutely my okay. supposition, right? So for two years, the old MCAT was disproportionately represented among high scorers, and the new scores were disproportionately represented among low scorers for for kids who applied and got in. And now we've made the switch, and I I would I would bet my bottom dollar that this five ten give or take that's going to be the number we see year after year after year. Okay, as a student
0: who is struggling to get 504s, 505s even on practice exams and they see this new data what what should they do with that information
1: Sure well it doesn't fundamentally change the prep process right you always wanted to do your best you always want to master content and practice strategies and take practice tests all it does is maybe shift the calculation a little bit on if you feel like you're ready so if you thought well, I'm pretty close to 508, so I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm getting 506 and 7. I'm almost there, so maybe I'm ready. Now you might look at that and go, well, uh, I'm really only getting 506s and 7s, and I want a 510. Maybe I need to just push it back and consider prepping for another few weeks.
0: Okay, so just different data points, but the same, same algorithm to, to go down. hmm yep. All right, so there you have it. Hopefully, we've calmed you down a little bit. Yes, those numbers are higher, but they are what they are. All you need to do is go out and do as the best as you can. One thing I want you to keep in mind as you go through the MSAR, the medical school admissions requirements, the numbers that you see on each of those web pages for those schools are median numbers. So when you look at that gray circle, or orange circle, or whatever color circle it is when you're watching this and when you're looking at the MSR, that circle for MCAT for GPA, the one right in the middle is median. That is not the average. Median means 50% of the class is above it, 50% of the class is below it. Average is different, so keep that in mind. If you are below that median number, guess what? So is 50% of the class, so it doesn't really mean much. Which is why I like to tell students, don't look at MCAT and GPA when applying to medical schools. Yes, that goes counter to what every other pre-med, quote, pre-med says. I'm not a pre-med. I talk to admissions committee members. I talk to deans of admissions. Don't look at MCAT and GPA when applying to medical school. That's all I have to say about that. Next week, we're going to jump into some bio grab bag of questions Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. And don't forget to go check out the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT. Again, that's on Amazon, Kindle, and hopefully paperback soon. Talk to you later.